All right, guys. You want to do a podcast? Yeah, let's do that shit. All right. Let's send that. A rebuilding job. Energy. You know, great to see you. Hello. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. You can follow me at Aestetka. Got the whole crew here with us this evening. A trio of my friends to talk Tottenham Hotspur 5, NS Mura 1 in the Europa Conference League. Start out by throwing it out to Tennessee and Dakota. He's at Dakota J. Booth. Dakota, what's going on, my friend? Uh, you know, FIFA is going to be out while these people are listening to it. So that's a fun thing to do. Um, they, you know, FIFA doesn't pay us. EA sports does not pay us. So I'm not going to tell you to go do that and then have the dream season that we all wish we were having right now. But that does sound like a really fun thing that I'm going to be doing over the but next. That, yeah, weeks. But that's what you're doing. So that's what, that's what's taking up Dakota's time right now. Uh, we've also got Scott up there in the Pacific Northwest at DSM Spurs. Scott, What's going on, my friend? Not a whole lot, man. I'm a little bit pissed that Dakota's going to get three hours before I have, before I'm able to play FIFA out there on the East Coast, man. He's going to get a nice taste, but but no, we uh, we've had a little early access out here and got the pro club team built last night, and jerseys are set, and got the stadium built, and fuck, man, 21 is gone, 22 is life now. I'm not even here to talk Tottenham. It's fucking Job Chase 1776. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an all-FIFA version of the podcast, apparently. Uh, Todd and I are more casual FIFA guys, I think. I don't even actually know if Todd is a, is a FIFA guy at all much at all. But uh, Yeah, I'm a FIFA guy. I just have three kids and a full-time job, so I got shit to do. <laughs> right, exactly. There you go. There's, you got you to the... use time blocking, man. You just got to use the... time blocking. Th- thanks for that. Uh, let me know when your third kid gets here, and we'll have that conversation. That is what I tell every single employee of mine when they come to me with any problem. I'm just like, you really just got to time, time block. block <laughs> They're like, whatever, Todd, man. Fuck you. Sorry. Todd is at TC underscore show on Twitter. And uh, Todd, let's let's jump right in and start with you, my friend. Uh, this match today, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of complaining on this podcast tonight. I don't think I'm going to really be a part of it. It's a 5-1 win against a team from Slovenia that everyone kind of expected us to thump on. But this was a weird one to watch, and it was kind of boring at times, and it was kind of lackluster, and it was a, a heavily rotated side. But uh, what were your first impressions after after the full-time whistle of this one today? Well, listen, I mean, first off, any day that you get to talk about Tottenham Hotspur winning a match in Europe is a good day. So let's just go ahead and get that out of there, uh, out front. Um, and I was having a, a conversation with a scummy fucking friend of mine, uh, if you get what I'm saying. And uh, he was talking to me about all their cup, their uh, kid sponsor cups that they've won recently and whatnot, but couldn't, couldn't ever tell me anything that had to do with a, uh, a European win for them. So um, for me, though, this was something where when you go up 2-0 in the first 11 minutes of a match, it, it makes for easy viewing. Uh, now, granted, we did some Tottenham shit along the way. Uh, and if Shubes were here, he would love to point it out. Um, so, Scott, I think you're going to have to do a fair amount of the heavy lifting in that regard. 
But as far as I'm concerned, I watched Harry Kane get a hat trick and we won 5 1 in Europe. Yeah, before we get to Scott, because I know that's where the the, the heavy dose of the, the negativity is going to come from, Dakota, what was your feeling at full time on this one? 5 1, but kind of a, I don't know, like to me, it felt like they got two goals early and then kind of tried to sit on it a little bit, uh, you know, gave up the goal after halftime. And then it was like, oh, we better throw, you know, throw everything at them and brought on Kane, Son, and Lucas. And that was kind of all she wrote after that, right? Yeah, totally. That's uh, that's exactly what happened. And we were we were pointing that out in our group chat too that we were playing kind of lackadaisically after we scored that second goal, thinking, "All right, this is done." And I mean, not to call you out, but you said, "Well, it is done." And, and it was. I was like, "Well, we 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 need another goal for me to feel comfortable with the way that the lack of energy." that we were playing with and not too long after is when the, you know, that worldy of a goal went in, which to be fair, that's exactly what it was. It was an incredible goal. Um, but I yeah, mean, it's, no, it was, a, it was, it was a one-time finish in respect to the guy, but our fucking, well, I'm not going to go directly no. at his throw, but our keeper didn't even move, bro. Our keeper old, didn't even move. Yeah. There's only old, one place. Old cement boots Galini there. Good yeah. Gravy. So I don't, I don't think he could see the ball that well from where he was standing there was a whole bunch of people oh you mean from him, outside the box <laughs> from outside the box yeah okay. neither here nor it was a great goal Andrew there's there's no no shame in saying that it was a great goal um but yeah i think oh dakota's internet went out on him again uh... he's, he's been complaining about that we'll we'll, we'll 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 come back to dakota in a second once he's moving again uh, Scott, de- defend your defend your boy cement boots for a second, uh, and and then and then his we'll, bars we'll are fire. On. His bars that, are fire. Exactly. He's, he he <laughs> so good. That's it. Like I'm not here to. As I've said, I don't. I, I care less about what he does between the sticks, man. Whatever. It's fine. I I Galini is is not a not a hero today by any means, <laughs> and. And I'm glad that you passed it to me because let me just fucking go off for a second. This this is nothing to celebrate, all right? Harry Kane and Hyungmin's son were needed to beat this fucking team who a bunch of guys at the pub formed five years ago. Who the fuck is this team? <laughs> this team is this team is literally like They're terrible. It's, it's, it's younger than it's, some of my belts in my closet. Dude, like, my, it is a twelve year old team. Like here's what my happened. daughter my oldest daughter is older than this team yes. yes exactly and this team came to i guess to white Hart lane and almost fucking drew level at 2-2 two, two. i was okay I, let's hold on dude, right they, there i'm gonna push back for a second they were no, they really fucking didn't they dude, really didn't no they didn't if, if we they didn't really make did any not. changes they were going to Please, level it show they, me the stats they, i don't care about the fucking stats they had the ball in our half so much until we made subs. That's unacceptable. That team would compete in League One. They would get wiped out of the fucking championship in England, dude. And that team came and had the ball in our half a lot. That's all I need to fucking say, dude. We were shit until we brought on our first fucking team. Like, it's ridiculous. They scored that goal and Nuno said, I'm one fucking goal away from getting sacked tonight. Yeah, Kane, son, I mean, I go save I my disagree. ass. I don't disagree, go save but, me, Kane and son. That's what he fucking well, did, dude. And that's well, what we well, had we'll to say do. It's we, ridiculous. We came out flat that in the second half, but we were winning the match in the first half. I mean, comfortably. Yeah, like, but, we yeah, but we, yes, 2-0 and then 2-1 and then them having the ball all up in our fucking face, dude. It was like not going to be good. Had we not made any changes, 
They, so they didn't have any chances, Scott. Outside of a worldie from outside the box, they didn't have any chances on goal. We were giving them were plenty eating. of opportunities to find those little moments. That's my concern. That team was shit. Like that I that there's only like that performance today from Spurs might have competed with Norwich. Norwich. Let me drop that fucking W for you guys. Norwich. That's who they would have competed with today, the way they played soccer. No one else in the Premier League. It's bad. Thank I, I you, mean, Kane. Like, I'm, I'm I mean, not that was gonna, our B team. I, yeah, I'm not going to disagree, but, you, like, okay, it was nine rotated players. The only players that survived from the weekend were Deli and Reguillon. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, man. Even that, ro- Even a heavily rotated side. I thought the back line played pretty well outside of, you know, I mean, look, Matt Doherty was – Matt Darty, like garbage. Yeah, he was Matt Darty, yeah. like, but it's not, it's not like he was spitting up all over himself. He just wasn't really doing anything other than being there. Um, the rest of the back line, I thought, played fine. The midfield, for what it's worth, I mean, look, when you're gonna come up with a midfield of Oliver Skip and Harry Winks with Deli Alley in front of them, ah, okay. Like Deli Alley is not a number ten. I, I, I hate. I hate that people are continuing to say that he is or, or wants to be or needs to be. He's not. Um, I don't, you know, let's talk formation for a second because people thought that this looked more comfortable in like a four, two, three, one that, you know, like what's what we feel like Spurs should be playing with Delhi in the number 10 role. I, I don't think that's really where he belongs either. I think still that he needs to be a little deeper and, and able to progress the ball forward and Delhi continues to be kind of, I, I guess, outside of Tongi and Dombele, the most polarizing player in terms of dividing opinion on this club right now. I mean, we're a lot better when he came off, for sure. Well, we? is the, oh my! Is worse. that because is that because of who came off or who came on? Like, how can I, you yeah. say that? I, I think it can be both. I mean, but I, I'll tell you that that there just seems to be some stagnated like presence from Delhi. He, I, I don't know if that makes any sense. He, he just like disrupting things in my, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to like hate on the dude, but, but hold on. That's what he's good at doing. He, that's what he's been doing all season. That has been positive. He, he runs a shit ton and he disrupts things. Mm. No, I'm so saying he's disrupting bad? the flow of our offense. Is what I'm saying. Like he's just well, he did. He did kind of produce the first goal by drawing a penalty and then scoring it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So how, no, no how is question. that disrupting the offense? I'm saying he's disrupting the flow of the offense, like the way that we've progressed the ball. Yeah, I don't disagree with. You. And hold on, we need to point this out because Delhi pressing and, and playing that position high is there's positives there, and we've been talking about them and lauded his performances in that regard all season. It's just he hasn't been able to turn that around and turn it into offense. Like Delhi's offense is non-existent in a creative role. It just right. it just is. Yeah. And yeah. so if that's what we're asking of him, we're going to continue to get these types of polarizing performances from him. Correct. Yeah. And I, I and I think I, that's part of the problem is that he's being asked to do something that he is that is not his best strength. Well, that yeah. and he doesn't have any confidence in his shot anymore. There are two different two yeah. to three different times in this match alone where old Delhi would have pulled up and fired from a little bit of distance and tried to try to curl it into the side of netting. And he didn't do that. He was very timid in, in his approach today, which is, I don't know if that's coaching or if that's just where he is in terms of his own abilities at the moment. Yeah. Well, honestly, I, and I'm not, I'm not like knocking Delhi. I, I, I would agree that he can be utilized in, in much better ways by Nuno. And I think Nuno has got to figure that out probably, but um, 
creating creating behind the striker is not it. And and I think I'm just kind of over trying to see that. We need to figure out a way to get him playing a little bit higher and off of the striker in some way, shape, or form. But when you see, don't have an Erickson, there's no way to do that. Like that's just, where I disagree though. I, I don't think Delhi should be playing higher. I think he should be playing deeper. I mean why? We we saw Delhi play deeper at the weekend and we saw how god awful the whole entire midfield was. Well, so. that's, that's part of what was around him as well. I mean, I I don't think Delhi, I think I think part of the problem with Delhi and part of the reason he's been so polarizing is because people expect him to be banging 15 goals and adding 8 to 10 assists every season. And that's just not he's not going to live up to that potential from four or five seasons ago. He's not that player. Um, maybe he could go into a system or a different league where he, he could put up those kinds of offensive statistics and numbers, but I don't see him doing that at Tottenham Hotspur. And I'm not saying put him in a defensive midfield role, but I'm saying put him in a role that is more, almost more the, the Tangi and Dombele type of role where he can, link you know back line to front line rather than putting him up front and asking him to play off of a striker or asking him to go out wide and create something those are just things that it doesn't look like he has any kind of ability or confidence to do right now i'm i i mean you can you can you can put him back deeper you can put him in in the 10 there's always going to be somebody better for that position. Like we can't just like force Delhi into these roles. I think that's a great shout. I think that's a really, really great shout. He's just he he didn't evolve into the type of of all around midfielder that we were kind of hoping he was going to. He's still woefully one footed, and his his shooting boots have lo- have he's lost them somewhere. Um, oh. and so that then when you're asking, well, then what does Delhi bring to the table above and beyond some Lucas Mora style pressing? Not not as much. Yeah, and he's great at pressing. And honestly, I Delhi. That's why I say he's going to have to be deployed a lot higher. Like you can't play. You can't. He was so good out on the left for the for those twenty four months, right when we were just buzzing. But that was Erickson, man. Like the Erickson is the reason that everybody was as good as they were. Harry, you're exactly right. Like no question about it. And so. Delhi, I'm sorry, but unless we can find a way to play him out the striker, we can't play Delhi anymore. Like I like Delhi, I want what's I want him to be successful, but like he can't play anywhere else for this team anymore. But um, but, but but also, there's not another player that can can do can fill fulfill that role of. Pressing. We have no creative player unless you wanted to stick Tongi up there and say, which you probably could, but you need two people sitting behind him, and you say you have no defensive responsibilities. But 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 Tongi's not gonna Tongi's not gonna press like Delhi does. Exactly. Not at all. Not even close. Never. Not even remotely close. Never. And so so where the Delhi conundrum is a tough one, and unfortunately, I think that he's going to be someone where we it's addition by subtraction. We get better when he's gone, and I can't believe I'm saying that because I've been a Delhi supporter for a long, long time. Whoa. Or his number on my back, but it's tough. Like he's just not he's just not producing in the way that we need him to produce in order to continue like backing him in the way that this club has. Mm-hmm. When does that kind of thing even like uh, not to jump way ahead in the timeline here, but when does the kind of thing of, of Delhi, because there were rumors about this, you know, a year and a half ago about Delhi potentially going to PSG when, yeah, when I think that'd be a great move for him was mm-hmm. hired there. I mean, when, but, 
But how does Delhi go into a team like PSG right now? Like he doesn't. Well, not so, PSG now. It was PSG twenty months ago man. or whatever. Like it's a totally to different Lille. situation. But he I could guess- go to he could go to Lille. He could go to Spain right and there. crush it. He could go to Italy and have a great career. It is <clears throat> this league as it stands right now for the type of player Delhi is. Is too fast and is too physical for him to do the type of shit that he needs to do in order to be Delhi Alley. These are facts. Dakota, jump in here on Delhi. Yeah, I. So Scott, you or Todd, you mentioned all of the other top leagues except the one that I think fits Delhi, and that's Germany. I think that it's Germany being that Thomas. Being that uh, that Thomas type of Romdeuter, I think the German league fits Delhi to a T. Um, I don't hate that. I I think I I think we're good. I think we do play better when Delhi's off the pitch. I mean, part we saw it today. Part of that was who else we brought on. Um, but you guys mentioned there's someone always that is better, and. You're saying I'm right. I think you know, Wadeoff. I think Lucas. I think I think Lucas Mora fits that that ten role a little bit better than Deli Ali at this moment, which is weird. But dude, that pass that Lucas had for Harry Kane's, I think first goal, just chef's kiss, unbelievably beautiful, so spicy. So mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. if that if that's what I bringing to the table, oh boy. But that's Play Lucas that from a wide. That's Lucas from a wide spot. I don't think Lucas works as well in the middle when he's got to do things on either side of him. Well, there's that, and I also don't think that he works particularly well when deployed in that role in the prim because right. I believe that the midfielders in the prim just fuck him up on a regular they, basis they and then we get nothing going. It just disrupts the flow. Yeah. And I mean, Lucas if, is not creative enough either. Lucas is more the no, guy that will take the, he'll, take, he'll, take, he'll take the ball on his foot and run at you with it. Um, but he's not going to, you know, pick a pass like that all the time. He's going to do it against a team from Slovenia. Not yeah, against, he needs a simple against, layoff. Yeah. yeah, that's a good shout, Todd. Because I like Lucas in the ten, but if I was if I was a defensive midfielder playing against Lucas, I would just beat his ass every time he touched the ball, and then I would know that Spurs could do nothing from there. You know, so it's, it's a great shout. So I don't know. It's it's challenging, man. The the problem right now, and we've talked about it on the show before, specifically Todd and I, is that. We didn't invest in a creative midfielder this summer when we desperately needed one, and here we are, right? It's it's gonna be drab for a while. We've got to figure that out. And I'm like, I'm at the point where I'm like, fucking tuck Brian Heel behind the striker. So like, I don't know. I'm really glad that you bring that up. And the reason why I say that is because of every single person on the pitch today, Brian Heel is by far the most creative. Yeah, his yeah. ability to produce an end product from, with his left foot from the left-hand side is something that Tottenham has missed. I, I don't think that we've gotten service from the left-hand side like Brian Hill. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I, maybe ever. I don't know. Can you think of service from the left that's been better than his recently? Oh, I, I mean, cannot. I mean, yeah, Andrew, what do you got? I mean, no, other than Sun, but like well, Sun has not really done the types of things that he's even doing of like at least lately. 
No, and Sonny, if you think about Sonny, Sonny's not really – it's not really service from the left. He's more of those runs in behind from the left. And, and if you see Sonny with a pass, it's usually when he's cutting in off the right. right. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Brian Heal's ability to uh, get a pass into the box despite having multiple defenders on him at one time has been very impressive. Yeah. Well, speaking of creativity, I actually wanted to move on to talking about – a little bit about the man who did start – up top today and that's dane scarlet i was kind of and look this is all taken with a lot of a, a, a major grain of salt i was kind of disappointed in dane scarlet's performance today um he you know he's 19 but against a team from slovenia where you would hope he can go out and put a little bit of performance in i mean you know, Scott joked about this this being like the equivalent of a team from League One. Is that what you said, Scott? Like, I, I would stand by that. Firmly. I would I would think to, I would think Dane Scarlett could go out and put a performance in against a team from from League One, mm. but he didn't do that. I thought he was really really poor. And when obviously when he was subbed off for for Harry Kane, things all turned on its head. But he just he he didn't seem involved. He he very much well. seemed like a passenger. I just think he had a really terrible fucking team behind him, and he's 16, maybe 17. So, like, I wouldn't read it anymore. And I'm not even, like, trying to be an asshole or facetious. I'm, I mean it. And, like, that guy's too young, and the team behind him was too poor to, like, read anything more than that, I think, as far as Dane Scarlett goes. And even though that team was, like, comparable to my indoor team, for sure, I, I still think it's a European night at the lane. and. That's always going to add some butterflies to, to, to the situation, no matter who you are, right? If you're 17 years old, um, a, a European night will say very loosely for fuck's sake. But yeah, it was one. Could we just talk about how this trophy looks like a wastebasket and how I really want to win it? I mean, dude, it'll be so funny if we win this trophy. It'll just be really funny. It'll be like, yay. it will be. It will be, it will, honest to goodness, it will be a glorified Audi Cup and I will love every second. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> But by the, the way, you're right. You're, by the way, you're right. Dane Scarlett is 17. For some reason, I said he was 19. I'm not sure why I said that. He's a youngster. Because uh, Troy Paradis, I think. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Well, Todd, as far as what, what did you think about about Scarlett? Because, like I said, I, I everybody wanted Tottenham to go out and get a backup striker this season, and they kind of did by just keeping Dane Scarlett around rather than loaning him out. But that's obviously not proving to be a legitimate backup striker. No, it's not. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it's something where Shuvan and I were talking in the group chat and we were saying, you know, Brian Heal and, and Dane Scarlett are close. They're very close in terms of, of being like, I don't want to say fully fledged members of the first team, but like fully, you know, bedded in, in, in with the ability to produce on a regular basis. And I think obviously Brian Heal is much further along than Dane Scarlett, but what it boils down to is meaningful minutes, man. I don't think, you know, we always look back on the Europa League minutes with Harry Kane in there with the 18 on his back. And we think about the highlights, but we didn't think about all the 6.8 performances that he had before those highlights came. Like, this is all kind of part of the process. And yeah, dude, he's 17. And yeah, he didn't have a particularly great performance. But to be fair, we were two goals up within 11 minutes and went into a little bit more of a defensive shape for the rest of the first half. And then when we came out in the second half, we were getting boat raced to Scotty's point. And so he ended up coming off. So we didn't really get to see much of him out of the second half. So I don't know. How much can you take from 
60 minutes uh, of, of that performance. I don't know. It was looked like a 6.8 performance to me, and that's about what he was rated. So, Dakota, are you worried about Dane Scarlett's performance, or do you just think it's, you know, a 17-year-old European night, what, whatever? Yeah, I'm not, wor- not worried about it at all. Part of the reason he came off is because he was absolutely gassed, and that's because of the amount of pressing that he was doing when we went in that t- defensive shape. It, if you really, if you watch watch it back, you'll find him tracking back and playing deeper than our defensive midfielders trying to win balls back, you know, a handful of times. And that is that shows effort. That shows that he's taking these minutes seriously and that he's treating this like a, a big game. Which for someone in his position at his age, at his you know rank in the squad, it is a really big game. Um, so I'm really pleased, really uh, happy with that defensive work, but I really liked his movement off the ball. I think he was able to put himself in positions to receive the ball and then to do something with it. We just quite see that end product, which for a 17 year old, we can't really put those expectations on him quite yet. Um, you know, I, a lot has been talked about Dane Scarlett, you know, he's going to be, you know, the next striker to come through and, play his whole career at Tottenham and like, you know, be our next Harry Kane essentially. And that's a lot for a 17 put on his shoulders. And at this point, my hope is that those comments are more, are said more hopeful than expectant from people around. It's camp because maybe he is someone who's going to thrive off of that type of pressure, but also, you don't know how a 17 year old is going to react to that. So I don't want to put the cart before the horse with ourselves, And I don't want him trying to live up to those expectations. I don't want Dane Scarlett to be Harry Kane. I want Dane Scarlett to be Dane Scarlett. Sure. And I think if, you know, with it, with the type of talent that he is showing us at 17 years old, we want him to be Dane Scarlett. We don't want him to be Harry Kane because he's got a lot to offer in his own right, in his own ways. Um, and it's different than what Harry offers, but it could be just as good. Yeah. No, you bring up a really good point about him coming off because he was gassed. And I think if somebody asked me, somebody that talented at 17 years old, like he, he knows how to score goals. He's very talented, right? Oh, the, yeah. The, the hardest thing for that, for a 17-year-old striker who's that talented to learn how to do is fucking conserve your energy and use it correctly. And like – be patient. It's very difficult. Like it trip. really is. Like you have to learn how to how to not run all the time. And that's something he's gonna have to learn how to do, right? Um fuck Harry Kane's still learning how to do it. Um <laughs> but but honestly it's a real thing. And I think with a kid like Dan Scarlett, I'm not one of these. I wish I was, but a very good manager should look at him and say, All of my coaching and managing or ninety percent of it is focused on between his two ears. He's got what, what's required on the field. So if I continue to like let that do its thing and just focus on what's going on in this dude's head, he can be the real deal, right? So, and I think that's something that Potch is really good at. Not to fucking bring open up that can of worms and go down that rabbit hole, right? Because my God, we could use that guy back right now. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, we need something similar to happen with Dane Scarlett. I think we'll be in really good shape. Is there Tim a plane? Is there a plane guy to bring in to do it? Yeah. Is there is there a plane overhead somewhere coming to get someone too? Not for me. I don't know. It's from someone. Might be. Maybe maybe they're dropping off Pochettino to come no, back. I, I wish. To, uh... no, I think it's me. It could be. Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't know. 
Dane Scarlett, I, I'm like I said before, all all the grains of salt. I just part of part of the reason the Dane Scarlett things bo- thing bothers me is because of all the people who have complained that Spurs didn't just go out and get a backup striker, and it's just not that easy. You know, we've we've talked about this on this podcast before, but like, you mean like Danny Ings? Yeah, Spurs were not going to just go out and get Danny Ings. It was not going to happen. The Dane Scarlett is is the route you go when you have Harry Kane in front of him. Um, because Dane Scarlett fully deserves the ability to, you know, s- sit behind and play the European games rather than Danny Ings is not just going to sit on the bench and, you know, only play European games. That That's not how it works for a Danny Ings. But um, it just feels to me like that whole argument has been, I don't know, it's been a pain in my ass because I don't think you can just convince a guy like Danny Ings or whatever other striker to come do something like that. Not without Champions League football, you can't. Especially not without Champions League football. That's even, it. That, even, well, that I think would be a different story. But even with it, it's like, are you just going to say to – because what? well, then are you going to say to Danny Ings, well, yeah, H- Harry Kane's going to play Champions League games too, but like Danny, Danny Ings, you'll get some league games, and what are you going to do, bench Harry? You're just not going to bench Harry Kane in that situation. It almost comes with a, right. an automatic um, formation switch to a double striker. Dude. Right, but for Honestly. one and a half times the money and Champions League football, that's a much better chance of getting someone like Danny Ings to come sure. rather than, you know – We'll match sure. your pay, and you can come even to then, Moldova with us. Even then, it's still trying to get uh, convince a Danny Ings to come be a backup to Harry Kane. Dude, right. I, I'm I'm so glad you bring this up because I have I've like foamed at the mouth at like pretty much every every Spurs bar that I've ever been to over Harry Kane in the backup striker situation. The backup striker <laughs> for Harry Kane at Tottenham. That's very important at Tottenham is the most difficult position to fill in football. Yeah. The backup striker for Harry Kane at Tottenham. If it was Harry Kane at City, no problem. We'll pay you 400 grand to be his backup. No fucking problem. But at Spurs, impossible, dude. Doesn't matter. So we had no choice. Like, we couldn't sign a second striker. This fucking weird tournament we're in, perfect dane scarlet is perfect for this thing like that's why we didn't sign a striker right now i'm still convinced we would have brought in either martinez or vlahovic is that the guy's name had we sold kane and i think as soon as we as soon as it was determined kane wasn't leaving we said oh we can't buy another striker right now actually just kidding but we will next summer they they could have brought another striker if it was Fernando Lorente or Carlos Vinicius. <laughs> and I probably would have brought in Lorente. Vinny coming back, back would have been the worst thing ever. Yep. I would have yeah, brought back Vinny Totally, too. totally. Yeah. But, but could we? But not someone like Danny Ings. Yeah, no. but was Benfica just going to loan us a guy? Well, they sold him, didn't they? They but sold him. That's what I'm did. saying. We could probably yeah. go get him now in he January. To, he went to uh, PSV. For a nice little discount, too. He went to PSV, and I'm sure that he's doing just fine there would, would be my Did Levy masterclass this? Go back. He brokered no, the sale. No, Dude, no. he did. Don't don't I, use. Oh, don't I guarantee use, it. Don't use Levy masterclass together, please. That's hey. that's going to that's gonna get us, us or hey. you canceled. Hey, listen. Nope. Real quick. I'm going to use the word Levy masterclass to tell you guys a bit of history that gets overlooked. The year before uh, we sold Gareth Bale to Real Madrid, Daniel Levy bought out the 25% sell-on clause that uh, from Southampton for 3 million pounds. 
Facts. Smart lad. Levy Masterclass. Lad. Okay. Exactly. He just fucking brought in Parachiji. Who brought in fucking Brian Heal and who brought in Pape Sar and who brought in the hottest fucking bars in the game in Mr. Gallini. So who brought in Nuno Espirito Santo where sixty percent of this club is, is saying Nuno Woo! out. That guy hey, is- hey, 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 he hired a manager. He didn't bring in Nuno. He hired a manager. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he, he was left. I think by the time we brought Nuno in, Paratiti was like, oh, Jesus, what have I done? Who's, you who's, bet this. Do you still have an opener? Whose name is Nuno. <laughs> That's, uh, that is. Would Conte do better with this group? That's the no. question. I don't know. Exactly. I mean, uh, Yes. Yes, well, I think he actually still, would. He would, but I still say no because, because I think I'm, because I do think that we have lost matches this season because of the tactics. You're not setup. hearing me. You're not hearing me. I'm saying would he do better with this group? I'm not saying would he win more matches. I'm saying would he do better with this group? Because what this group needed was someone yeah. to galvanize it and bring it back to the fan base after the Mourinho shit show. I think we can all agree with that. I don't think Conte would have galvanized. I think he would have further fractured. I, I think I think that that's a very fair point, and I will also say, going back to the Deli Alley of it all for a moment, you know, if you watch his interview after the match uh, with the club, you know, from from the club's official account, um, you really do believe that things are changing, but they are going to take time, and I think that that's something that we have 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 all said. I mean, it's not something that anyone wants to kind of like speak to in reality or grapple with that these things are going to take time. And we're not talking a window or two windows. We're talking multiple seasons probably to really get this thing fully back on track to where it was and humming under the days of Pochettino. And also there's no guarantee of doing it. Look for, for, for our American listeners, like I I root for a, a baseball team that has lost a billion games over the last few seasons. And it's because these things take time, like rebuilds take time. And that's what Spurs are going through right now. And I think that when you listen to Delhi speak in that interview, you realize that the players believe that, and they know that this takes time and that a guy like Nuno, he's only been here two, three months and he needs the time to, you know, to help this process get rolling down a hill. Um, and look, I think the players are bought into it. I don't think that, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of changes that need to be made in terms of some players that maybe aren't fully bought in, but I think players like Delhi and, and, you know, like Kingman's son and, and a handful of others are very much bought into this and are willing to give Nuno the time to, 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 to get this thing on track. Um, and I think that the reaction of Nuno out, while perhaps somewhat justified, is also extremely premature. The thing, the thing with that is, you know, there was some news that came out yesterday on Wednesday that Spurs had contacted uh, Gallardo, who's the manager from River Plate. He's won more trophies than anyone in their history, and basically anyone in more than anyone in South America and that he was pretty much that he was willing to come, but he didn't want to break his contract with river plate. Well, that contracts up in December. So in my opinion, that puts some pressure on Nuno to get this right, because there's pretty much a, a, a set plan in place to get a guy that uh, was more valued above Nuno in the, 
in the manager search. So that, you know, I last pod, I said, he's got 30 days. He's got three and a half more weeks left of that 30 days. And it could get dicey if, uh, you know, results in the league don't pick up. And especially if we lose that care about cup match. Scott's, Scott's licking his lips over there. He's chomping. Dude, at the I did not know this. Is, there, is it thing. Burnley? Is that at Turf Moor? Is that what you're talking about? It is. It, yeah. At Man, Turf you guys are just trying to pack his fucking things for him, aren't you? I'm not. Sure I'm not. Look I'm at not. What's I'm saying if the these field. things happen. Are you not? Scott is. I think is Dakota's Scott. just pointing. I think Dakota's just pointing out that the club might be. Yes, dude. <laughs> this is. Or whatever. If you guys don't think this is extremely problematic, that we were going to get Marcelo Gallardo right now. Oh, that's it's, <laughs> I'm all in on this. Let's go, dude. What the fuck? Any the, they love Tottenham in that part of the world. It's done. Let's fucking <laughs> it's go. Done. <laughs> oh man, that's exciting. Uh, I don't want it to happen. I think I think Nuno can do some really good things, but man, we need to see it on the field. Hey, my guy's gonna um, or, see he's got to see it for sure. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, but in a place like Tottenham, I think he can thrive. We've got the, we have the means. Um, yeah, but I don't know so, that he has the tactics to the other guy's points. I mean, not Gallardo. I, I, right, I'm no. Saying, I'm saying Nuno specifically. Nuno, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't I know. That you. And that's what either. I'm saying. Like, we've, I, we, I think we've got to see that in, in the next month. Because uh, it's, it's, uh, this thing can get really far away from us really early on. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, mean, I think really what we're seeing here, at least what I'm seeing on the field, and I, Scott, Scott, this is kind of to your point. It's like whenever you watch, like, like I'm an MMA fan, and like whenever you watch, like, like Max Holloway, Brian Ortega had a fight where Max Holloway just beat his face with his jab for five rounds, and it literally to one point in time he stopped him. And he grabbed his arms and he held them up and showed him what defense should look like so he doesn't keep punching him with the same jab. I feel like <clears throat> when we're watching a lot of these top six managers against Nuno, we're watching Max Holloway against Brian Ortega. And they're hitting him with the same fucking jab over and over again, and he's not doing anything about it. So I think that because of that, we're our patience is running thin after the year that we just had. So running into the same jab over and over and over again is going to get people like Scott to get pretty jumpy pretty quick. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you saying that because like I I've been I've been, you know, bantering and and doing my best to provide entertainment a bit, but at the same time like I look at I look at what happened what happened against Arsenal. We know what they are. We know we know that we're a more talented team. We know that they have a very talented attacking group, group of, you know, available attacking players, whatever you want to say, a defense that's getting its shit together a little bit at a time and a midfield that's very hit or miss. They were always going to look to do exactly what they did to us, which was counter up the middle and carve us to shit because they'd probably watched a few matches under Nuno. It's all it took. Nuno, Nuno deploys, one central defensive midfielder, which was not even a defensive midfielder at all, knowing exactly what Arsenal was going to do. Like this is where, where I'm so over this shit is I am, I have coached U 13s is the most advanced level that I've coached at. Right. I'm not a premier league manager. And I could have told you all fucking day that the way we set up was disastrous against the way Arsenal set up. 
And for a Premier League manager to have not seen that, and then for the first 20 minutes to transpire and nothing be done about it was just fucking criminal, man. Like, I just, I'm over it. It's clearly he's not cut out for the, this level of management. Um, and it's not the first time. This isn't one result in a vacuum, right? So here, here's, here's what I want to see from Nuno. And I think this is the way that Nuno gets out of this spot. I think Nuno needs to stop, be, stop worrying about trying to play football the Tottenham way and worrying yes. about trying to play football the Nuno way. Uh-oh, I know where this if is he going. Do, if he does that, the Tottenham way will come. I know where this is going. Dakota wants a back three. Been, I've been waiting on the conversation three. coming. And yes, I, mean, I, I want a back really... three. I've been talking about wanting a back three since last Christmas. Okay. I think it's what we're the, waiting on the is Romero to get right. This is actually that, kind of yes. perfect because I did want to bring up Romero because I thought Romero had a really nice game today. Agreed. And I'm starting to and think he will play on best, Sunday. I'm starting to think that the best center back combination is Dyer Romero because Sanchez has been shit for a while. Uh, he had a, he had a good first you know, three games, but he's Since fallen he came back, back off. from international yeah. break. He's been Sanchez. He's, 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 he's fallen back off the, you know, off the map. Um, but who's the third center back? Do you throw in there? Do you, th- do you throw Joe Rodon Tanganga, in there? Man. No, for Tanganga. me, it's Rodon. Uh, I mean, it, I guess if you, you want to move, here's the thing. If you want to move you, Dyer to the right hand side, then yeah. But you don't. I, I, but you I'll don't. tell you what, though. No, You're I'll tell right, you what, you though. Don't. I think you could do either or match to match because you could put Rodon on the left and Tangang on the right of a Romero Dyer, you know, sandwich. Ooh, that's you sexy. Ooh. <laughs> and then you've got Emerson and Reggion to bomb up the wings. Ooh. I mean, Let's go. that doesn't sound awful. Let's go. But then the question remains, if you're putting an extra center back on the field, what the fuck are you doing in the midfield? Because it's a two, it, it's Skip and someone else. That's not Hoiber. Thank you. God, how good was Skip today? Beast. But here's the thing. So good. Here's the thing. If you're going to get dominated up the middle in the midfield by a team like Arsenal and you're only going to put two midfielders on the, on, on the field... Can you do that in every match? I don't. I don't think. Well, here's can. the thing: we got dominated in the midfield by Arsenal because our midfielders weren't playing in the midfield. We really only had so, one central midfield. They're like a four-two-three, and he was playing on the left-hand wing. Exactly. Like Delhi and, and Tongi <laughs> were tasked with pressing wide. Like they were, they were doing what they were told. It was fucking Nuno's fault. Peh was a disaster, but. Like, it just feels like this team has too many midfielders to only play two of them at a time. Well, you know? but but a four-two-three-one is very fluid. Like, I think four-two-three-one allows you to move between defense and attack very but, easily. But we're not talking about a four-two-three-one, Scotty. We're talking about playing a back three. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Well, yeah, I think. Oh. So you're only going to have two midfielders on the pitch. So you're going to play Skip and Indombele? Are you going to play Skip and Lacelso? Are you going to play Hoybier and one of those guys? Skip is on. Nope. Skip. Sorry, I guess I kind of lost track of like where we were going with the conversation here. I think we're talking about a three-four-three now. Yeah. So if we're, if we're if we're playing, the, I mean, if you have two people in the midfield, if we're really playing a two midfield system, it has to be Skip and then someone that can progress the ball, which is Indombele. and we don't have one of them. Which is why you can't play the three four three. You need to play the three five two. Exactly, and because you, otherwise yeah. Kane gets lost in the fucking middle. You get yeah. no service to the middle yeah. of the box, and now all of a sudden the best striker in the world is rendered useless. We watched this against Chelsea and Arsenal. 
It's fucking nonsense, boys. Dude, like, at this point, <laughs> sorry, at this point, I would literally do this. I would, if we're gonna play a back three, this is we're just having a silly, fun conversation at this point, right? But I no, would this play is three. serious, Scott. I mean, dude, if if Nuno's listening, we could probably help, bud. Love you, but here we go. <laughs> I'd probably play back three. I would play skip behind a line of four. That would be Region. It would be probably Tongi and Geo, and then Emerson. I'd, I'm trying to figure out where Brian Heel fits in because he needs to be on the field. And then you got to have Kane and Son up top, right? Could you play Brian Heel in the midfield? You're just not playing Pierre Emil Hoybier anymore. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. But I would also play him instead of Geo. I don't care. Those two are probably interchangeable at that point, right? But I mean, let me like, just tell you that this is not it's, happening. It's more about Skip <laughs> where he would be in that situation. Like, But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? It's all. It's just too much to even figure out, man. I don't know. We'll and see, then I man. guess you're playing Kane and Son up top, but that eliminates you playing. You're not playing Lucas or Bergvine ever in those situations. You're not, you know. See that? Yeah, that's why. That's why I think the three four three fits the personnel a little bit better. But then, like you said, Andrew, you have too many midfielders. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to get on the pitch and be able to do the job of that other midfielder, and 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 I tough. also don't I also don't know that the quality of your center backs justify removing so, so much of your squad from a regular starting place, dude. I think this is something that you can do occasionally, but I don't think the three four three or even the three five two can be your every week in and out Premier League just... lineup. Any formation, we can't progress the ball. Like it doesn't fucking matter what we play. Like it, I'm sitting here, like <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, just, I, I'm, just, I, I can't sit there and be okay with being resigned to that. We just can't fucking progress the ball. Like we got to figure something. Yeah, we can say, yeah, we can progress the ball. Like it doesn't change anything. We fucking no, but I'm saying, like we're talking about here's the, figuring out a way around it, right? Yeah, and we have yeah. midfielders that can actually progress the ball. We just don't utilize them in the proper way. I mean, yeah, you have I you have Ndombele, you have Lacelso, you even have Hoybier at times who can sometimes progress the ball. Yeah, we we have talented it's, midfielders. You're right. I just like it's it's, it's hard. How, it's, it's hard. How the fuck are you going to use them to actually do the things that are yeah. needed in this midfield? It's hard to practice ball progression when you're only worried about not conceding from set pieces during the week. Right. So. God, or or, so con- or conceding on or conceding on volleys from outside the box. Dude, off <laughs> yeah. a set piece. Yeah. Exactly. Off of a set piece. God, man. Uh, got it. Oh, got man. Ren, Ren, if you didn't see today, uh, scored themselves a 2-1 victory over Vitesse. Uh, they held off uh, the last 15, 20 minutes or so a man down. Um, so currently on the table in Group G in the Europa Conference League, it is Tottenham Hotspur on four points and ahead on goal difference over Ren. Uh Vitesse is at three points, Murrah at zero points uh, through two match weeks. The next match up for Spurs is Vitesse. That comes up, uh, I believe, in a couple of weeks. So um, we'll see kind of how that – Yeah, 21st. So we'll, three weeks, I guess it is. So we'll see wow. kind of how that progresses. Um, but, uh, you know, it'll be another big match um, for for Nuno in this kind of – what did you say, Dakota? Three-week or th- three-month, rather, period. However long it lasts, I mean, we'll see kind of <laughs> where it goes from there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about Villa at the weekend because that is uh, all of a sudden massively important. I mean, not that it wasn't going to be, but 
it really is after everything that's going on in the last few weeks in the Premier League. We'll come back. We'll talk about that. We'll wrap it up. We'll do that right after this. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. Andrew here with you along with Scott, Dakota, and Todd. Uh, Spurs got a big one at the weekend, boys. Uh, Aston Villa, it is no small task. Villa, of course, beat United last week. Um, Tottenham are on quite the little run of losing here in the Premier League. Um, after the, the the three wins to start the season, it has been three straight games, conceding three goals in each. Uh, losses to Palace, Chelsea, and of course Arsenal. Um, Villa currently, you know, eighth in the table on ten points, only one point more than Spurs. I'll I'll have you know, but um, still, you know, when you look at this team, even even with Jack Gre- Jack Grealish having moved on, like this is a team that is is quite formidable. I mean, they beat Everton three nil. Um, you know, they, they did lose to Chelsea three nil, but I, I think that's kind of to be understood. Um, but th- they're, they're not a, really a team to be fucked around with because Spurs will find out if they try to fuck around. Am I right? Well, I'm, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the thing is, is that you've got a couple of guys in this team that can fill the back of the net and Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings. You, and, I mean, John McGinn can get into the scoring act if you want to. Like, we know who these these guys are, right? They, yeah. They've brought in some uh, – I, I mean, say what you want to say about the old gunner, uh, but uh, Emmy Martinez is legit. Like, he's, he's Oh, legit man. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's oh. absolutely legit. Uh, starter for Argentina. You, that, you, you fuck around and find out. Uh, tell me about it, right? <laughs> so, um, that's mind games player. It's true. So they've also they've also got uh, the the post humping got me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they got some guys that can uh, they can throw it around too. Uh, and so this is this is this is not going to be easy. But what I will say is uh, Youngman's son loves to score against Villa, and so does Harry Kane. And both those guys are going to be playing for us on Sunday, so I feel pretty good about it. Yep, for sure. I I, I think Villa is going to finish in a European spot this season. So um, this is not going to be an easy game. But like Todd said, we've got two guys that love scoring goals against them. And, you know, if a, if a, a better team can be a bogey team for – for someone, I think we are a bit of a bogey team for Villa uh, the last few years. Uh, what comes to mind is, you know, that missed clearance kick uh, that Human Son took and scored the winner at the death of the game that he broke his arm in 30 seconds into the game and played the rest of the game. Um, and so to look back at that. <laughs> yeah. So let's hope he, Sonny doesn't break his arm again, but let's hope he does score a brace on Sunday because that would go a long way to uh, getting three points in the bag and kind of starting the settling of the ship in the middle of this uh, this storm that we're weathering through in the league right now. Scott, I know that you're 
uh, expectations are probably zilch for this match, but you know, Villa, I mean, would you be happy with a point? Would you be happy with, you know, just the performance? Where, where are you? Where's your mind at going into this one? I don't even know, man. I think Villa, where I have a little bit of hope is that they're, they're very good at the back, right? But we're also very good up front when, when you think about who will play, like you guys have said. So, you know, our strengths match, and I would put our strength up against their strength probably when we're talking Kane and Son. So that's probably a good thing for us. Um, but as always, this game's going to be, as I say, as always, as in any game of soccer, the game will be won and lost in the midfield, and that's where I lack some confidence. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't have don't have the highest of hopes. Um, I think I'm kind of at a point where whatever happens from a result perspective, I'm going to just move on with my day and enjoy my Sunday or whatever. But I, I do want to see us play some nice football. Um, and I don't mean like expressive attacking football. Like I just want to see us play like football that shows me that we're comprehending the sport. <laughs> well, that is, that is a lot to ask for Tottenham Hotspur at this point. I think it's interesting you bring up the, you know, being more confident in the attack because that's actually where I'm, I'm actually more, I'm more concerned about the four goals scored for Tottenham this season in the Premier League than I am about the nine goals conceded. Yeah. And I think I just mean Kane and Son. I put them up against, as, right, but know, they haven't really played well. But yeah, you're right. They, well, the problem is we can't get, we can't give them opportunities to score. Like, right period so yeah and this I'm, is something that i talked about a lot you know in the preseason is where are the goals going to come from if mm-hmm. guys like kane and son have some kind of a regression to the mean because obviously they were unbelievable last season but you can't expect them to go out and put together you know i don't even remember how many uh, goal combinations it was but 14 yeah you can't expect that number to, to be matched by those guys so yeah i mean it's the most in premier league history it'd be it would be ignorant to think that they were going to do that back-to-back seasons. Yeah. Um, so, I, so the I, so I, I for think... me was always going to come from guys like Lucas and Bergvine and, you know, hopefully maybe a little bit of Delhi, but maybe Brian Heal uh, coming on. I, right. I just, I don't know where the goals are coming from if it's not from Son and Kane. Perfect. Yeah. I think Brian Heal is going to, you know, assuming he starts rightfully so played out of his mind again today. I hope so. Hope so. Um, if he starts, I think we've got a really good opportunity of creating some goals early on. Um, and I think, you know, he and Regulon down that left-hand side is, you know, could be pretty lethal. Um, and then, you know, assuming you're going to accommodate for Brian Heal to play on the left-hand side, you move Sonny over to the right. And he and Emerson can hopefully kind of link up, link up some play. And, man, the, you know, the opportunity is there and that's that I think is what's the most frustrating part about these last few games is we look at our squad and we're like, man, these individuals are so talented and they're so good. And then they go out on the pitch and do what they've done. And it just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So hopefully that gets righted on Sunday and we can get back into a good, good vein of form. And, uh, we don't have to worry about counting down the days until Nuno's gone. Speaking of leaving it a bad taste in the mouth, um, really important game because it's the last game before another international break. 
And we all know how Spurs fans felt after the last international break when Spurs were sitting top of the league on nine points after three games. You go into this one and you suffer another defeat and end up, you know, with four straight defeats um, heading into another international break after, you know, you basically you haven't won a game in the Premier League since before the last international break. And now we're to another one that would not be a good way to go into that international break. Um, on the flip side, at least this is the last game before an international break because we don't have to continue talking about this bullshit for very much longer. We we get a little reprieve from it. We get a little bit of a break from it. Um, and players will go off and we'll have World Cup qualifying to talk about and those kinds of things. And we'll look forward to, thanks to those of you who who you know gave us feedback on the international break pod we did about the U United States men's national team. We will hopefully do another one of those. Um, they've got a handful of matches during the break. So we'll bounce around and talk about some of those things during the break, but there is one more of these to get through and we got to do that on Sunday. Uh, and we will do that in time uh, when, when Spurs play Aston Villa. Um, that's going to do it for us guys. Uh, this was, you know, fun, a five, one win that didn't really even feel like, almost that great it kind of felt a little icky but also like it's ns mira and you know that's just the way it's going to go against that team and i think we all kind of knew that uh when you play the fifth best team in slovenia uh you got to be able to put up a, a you know a four goal victory i guess but uh hey they're the slovenian uh, champions you take it easy on those guys huh <laughs> well excuse hey, me really really cool to see some away support for them today it was in the, in the stadium Especially because there wasn't a ton of Tottenham support. I mean, there was enough, but that stadium was quite, quite <laughs> barren. Let's be honest. Um, more full than the Etihad. Well, anything's more full than the Etihad. But <laughs> it'll be interesting to see the return leg because I read that Murrah's stadium, I think, holds like thirty-eight hundred people, uh, which is quite the difference between the what seventy thousand that 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 could, yeah. could pack up uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. If I'm not mistaken, I think they'll be they're going to be forced to move to their national stadium, which holds more. That people. would make sense. That would make sense for a European for dumb UEFA rules. Yeah, I actually kind of would prefer to play in the smaller stadium for the vibes. But, yeah. Yep. You know, and you know, UEFA, be able to have three birds on the back of the IX cat kit and the snake on the inner kit, and mm-hmm. you know, all this dumb stuff. Yeah, UEFA sucks, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, fuck UEFA. The one thing they don't do is try to cut racism out. And I'm not even joking at this point, right? That's right. the one thing that they fucking don't do. So fuck them. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good note to end this podcast on. Fuck you, Afo. <laughs> not as people, as an organization. I've never met any of them. But as yes. an organization, fuck them. Organizationally, <laughs> we, we, we could see some improvements, and we would like to. But uh, we love your Europa Conference League, guys. We're going to keep performing in that i guess and uh try to win it for you yeah we'll try to bring home the wastebasket trophy because i know todd wants to put one of those on his mantle so absolutely uh todd's got the t-shirt pre-ordered already yeah i do (laughs) you can follow todd at tc underscore show follow dakota at dakota j booth follow scott at dsm spurs follow myself at a stetka you can follow the podcast at tottenham depot we will talk to you sunday post aston villa we hope We hope it's three points, but we will see. Uh, As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. 
Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, for what really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.